Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And welcome to a special edition of Inside the Yard. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold from Ed Smith Stadium in Sarasota, Florida. The Orioles get a victory today over the Boston Red Sox in sunny Sarasota. 6-3 in what was a shortened, very grapefruit, grapefruit League-esque six-inning ball game. It was a tie ball game going into the fifth inning until Ramon Urias stepped to the plate. Here's the pitch. And this one's hit in the air, center field, fairly deep, racing back as Duran, stole the run, looking up, and that baseball is gone! It's a three-run homer for Ramon Urias, and the Orioles have taken the lead here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Yeah, the big blast from Ramon, and the Orioles went on to win it 6-3. to three. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold, and Jeff, we've had the chance now to see a couple of springtime baseball games. Uh, the Orioles get the victory today, and we got to see Dean Kramer make his first spring start today, and it was an uneven performance. Yeah, it certainly was, and Brandon Hyde has said it multiple times when he's talked to the media that he doesn't put much stock into that first spring outing, and, and for a variety of reasons, and it hasn't just been with the Orioles. You've looked at across baseball. I mean, yes, yesterday, Alex Colome, who the, the Twins, they got blown out by the Red Sox, and he's one of the better closers in baseball. I mean, he had a really rough outing, too. So it, you've been seeing it a little bit, and you know, for Kramer, he was kind of looking for the command. I mean, he bounced in a number of the, the breaking balls that he was throwing. I thought the stuff itself was fine, but just some things to tweak and fine-tune. There were a couple close pitches that he didn't get, but you're not going to get those when you aren't around the plate. So uh, just something to, to learn from and hopefully build off of in his next outing. Before we get to Bruce Zimmerman today and some other notable things so far this spring for Baltimore, I want to mention coming up on the show, Brandon Hyde will join us, the Orioles manager. We get into a lot of things with the Orioles skipper, including we'll ask him what we've been asking all of our guests. If you can name another talent you have outside of baseball, we'll see what Brandon Hyde comes up with for that. Also, Orioles outfielder Austin Hayes will join us, and Orioles writer for MLB.com Joe Trezza will be on the program coming up a little later to talk about his thoughts and all the news coming out of this Orioles camp so far. We talked about Dean Kramer on the other side today. Bruce Zimmerman, who got into two games last year in the big leagues, he was sensational today. The best that he pitched in the two games was against the Red Sox when he came in in relief and the Orioles needed some length. And the thing that we saw from him, and I felt like it was the best performance that we've seen from any Orioles pitcher in spring training so far, is he was attacking the strike zone. He was attacking with his fastball, and he was really attacking with his breaking ball. He was able to put it in the strike zone. I thought he jammed a number of right-handed batters with it pretty effectively, and then he also got guys to chase it as well. So he, he came out, and you, you knew it was going to be his day. The first inning that he pitched, he threw 11 pitches, 10 were strikes. He struck out the side. That set the tone, and it was really fun to watch him out there. Yeah, he was great. He was working really fast. He seemed to be able to land everything today. Also in today's game, 
couple more walks for Anthony Santander. You talked to Brandon Hyde about this before the game today. At this point in Anthony's career, I think we know what the bat can do. I think they take a lot more pride in him being a lot more patient this spring. Being a lot more patient, and the spot where we were talking about it was when they had the bases loaded earlier on in the game because that's the kind of spot where you're hitting out of the three spot. You're telling yourself, I'm supposed to be the guy that drives everybody in. And he was facing Tanner Houck, who was on the ropes, wasn't throwing a lot of strikes, and it would have really been easy for him to chase and expand. And you see a number of young hitters, uh, when they reach the major leagues, do that. But Santander didn't. And, and he was really pleased with his performance on Tuesday when Yankees pitching tried to work him over, and he wasn't willing to chase anything. He ended up drawing a walk, which was able to keep the inning going, eventually led to a sacrifice fly by Pedro Severino. And if he can get pitchers to be in the strike zone, we know how much damage he can do. It was the reason why he was the most valuable Oriole last year for the team. And just seeing the fact that he was able to pick up where he left off when he missed most of the month of September, that's one of the more encouraging things I've seen coming down to Sarasota. Yeah, there's no question about that. And Cedric Mullins keeps on hitting today, an RBI base hit hitting against a right-handed pitcher from the left side. He and just really a glut of outfielders are performing really well out of the gate right now. Brandon Hyde said it on the Zoom that not a lot of not a lot of hitters, once they switch it, not a lot of them just go, go to one side. He said, I don't have a lot of experience seeing hitters that do that, but you mentioned your conversation with Matt Wieters. I mentioned a conversation that I had with, with Brian Roberts about this topic, about just how nerve-wracking it is when you're going left on left and suddenly you're seeing a breaking ball that looks like it's going to hit you and then it lands in the strike zone in many cases because you haven't seen it in a really long time. I mean, Mullins the other day when he batted against Jordan Montgomery, it was the first time that he had seen left on left since he was in high school. And he realized it you know, a couple years back that maybe this is a move that he should make. And then Brandon Hyde mentioned it to him as well about switching exclusively left-handed. And he said that like it was, a, it was a bit of a pride thing, but he was trying to sharpen his skill at the major league level. And that generally doesn't work out very well. So I think that this move so far has looked really good. I mean, I was trying to compare his swings when he faced a left-handed pitcher to his swings against a right-handed pitcher, and they looked about the same. You know, the ball seemed to come off you know, just as clean, and the takes have been good. He's fouled some pitches off, so it's obvious he's right on lefties and righties, and that's a good thing to see for Mullins because if he can can be where he was offensively last year against both left-handed pitching and right-handed pitching with his ability to bunt and his ability to be really good in the outfield, gold glove caliber player last year, then that's a really valuable weapon for Brandon Hyde. Let's look forward over these next two games, which should be pretty fascinating. Tomorrow, the Orioles... We'll take on the Blue Jays in Dunedin. Matt Harvey will make his springtime debut for Baltimore. We call a game Saturday night, 6 o'clock here at Ed Smith Stadium. O's and Tigers and Felix Hernandez will make his springtime debut for Baltimore. What are the expectations right now? We're going to talk to Joe Trezza about this coming up. But are, are these two ca candidates both going to make the rotation? Is there only room for one of them? What are the Orioles hoping for right now? I think that they... Both could conceivably make the team. Are they going to both make the rotation? That remains to be seen. Bruce Zimmerman made a re really good case as to why he should be in the rotation uh, today against the Red Sox. But Harvey will go out there and pitch, and I think it'll just be like, how do the swings look? How is the ball coming off the bat? Um, last year, the stuff looked to be pretty good, 
but the other numbers around it weren't quite as good. And so I think it's it's seeing how he looks when he can get up and down a couple of times and, and just the, the quality of contact against Harvey to see if maybe some of the things that he was working on at that performance center in New Jersey and some of the early work that he's done with Chris Holt on some mechanical things, as well as with Darren Holmes, who's a, a great bullpen coach, see if working with those couple of people in that, in that performance center can pay off. And then for Felix Hernandez, you know why he's here? He's trying to strengthen his candidacy for the Hall of Fame. We've talked about it on this show before. I feel like he already is a Hall of Famer. But last spring, he was really good with the Braves. He would have been in their rotation had he decided to play, but he sat out on account of COVID. Um, so is he just able to spot up? Is he able to execute his pitches and get ahead in counts and, and attack the zone? Um, one criticism that we've we've had of, of just watching some of the things early on is that a lot of pitchers aren't throwing strikes. A lot of guys are not pitching um, are, are pitching away from contact, and that's not a good thing. So uh, you know that that Hernandez has has had a drop in velocity the last couple of years, so he kind of knows what he has in terms of his stuff. And now can he go out and execute, realizing what's on the line for him personally? Yeah, he actually has to reinvent himself at this point in his career. The guy we saw win a Cy Young several years ago with the Seattle Mariners, that guy – doesn't really exist anymore. He was pumping 97 with ease and could punch you out with the best of them. It's a little different right now for Felix, but he has a lot of major league experience. Both he and Harvey have had some huge moments. Obviously, Felix has had this great career with many all-star games and, and a Cy Young Award to his name. It'll be very interesting to see how it develops over the course of March. And listen, one start doesn't mean a whole lot, but I am I'm really interested to see how this develops over the next several weeks for the Orioles and those two veteran pitchers. Well, coming up a little later in the show, Brandon Hyde, the Orioles manager, will join us to talk about that, among other things. Also, Orioles center fielder Austin Hayes on this program. But coming up next, we talk all the Orioles news and notes with Joe Trezza of MLB.com as we continue here from Ed Smith Stadium on this special edition of Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fam. The all-new 2021 five-game flex plan is available now. Select the games that fit your schedule before the general public, including access to popular promo dates like Jim Palmer Bobblehead Day and Birdland Hawaiian Shirt Day. Plans start at just 99 bucks. Visit Orioles.com slash flex to purchase your plan. That's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander still at Ed Smith Stadium here in Sarasota, Florida. And joining us right now from MLB.com, he covers the Orioles is Joe Trezza. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, and it's good to see you after a long, cold winter. A very long winter, at least here in Sarasota, has come to an end. Joe, let's jump into this outfield. I think it's the most interesting story here. All the players that we saw last year have seemed to come here in great shape, ready to compete, and it looks like there might be some really tough decisions when camp comes to an end. Yeah, I think you're right, and look, the the, the truth is that it's a really big spring for a lot of these guys. It's a big spring for DJ Stewart, who has started off the Grapefruit League um, just on a tear. It's a really big spring for Austin Hayes, uh, who's also hitting really well early in Grapefruit League play. It's a really big spring for Cedric Mullins, who has abandoned switch hitting and is going to focus on um, just batting left-handed going forward. And I think that's telling. That speaks volumes um, for Cedric and for the Orioles since they're prioritizing after a few up and down years in the big leagues, you know, what's the best version of Cedric Mullins and how does he not only get to the big leagues, but stay there and be productive. So I think you're seeing a lot of these guys. Um, and, and, and that's not even with, with mentioning Anthony Santander is coming off a breakout season and Ryan Mountcastle, you know, who had a really, really exciting debut 
um, last year. And he looks like, in, in my eyes, an AL Rookie of the Year favorite going into the season. So if you throw all those guys together and then some exciting prospects uh, right below them with Yusniel Diaz and Ryan McKenna and some others, um, you have a real crowded but talented mix of guys who are going to be pushing each other all spring. Joe, how do you balance the Hayes and Mullins situation? Like, do you have both of them in the lineup at the same time? I mean, what what are some ways to get both of them in there? Because it seems like Ryan Mountcastle, at least based on what the team is saying, has got the early stake to left field. I think it's interesting because I, I don't think it's really debatable that the Orioles' best offensive outfield alignment features Anthony Santander in right field and Ryan Mountcastle in left um, and either Cedric Mullins or Austin Hayes in center field at this point. However, it's also not really that arguable that their best defensive alignment in the outfield features Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes together in that outfield. And so I don't think it's a binary thing. You know, I think um, you might see uh, either Austin Hayes or Cedric Mullins, whoever doesn't start in center field, uh, one day come in late in the game for defense uh, very, very regularly. I think you're going to see, you know, Cedric Mullins bats left-handed and, and Austin Hayes bats right-handed. I think you're going to see um, some skeleton of a platoon happening at some point. You know, it, um, I think you're going to see who's ever hitting well playing better. I think um, if there's a fly ball pitcher on the mound and Cedric Mullins' defense is valued in center field more that day, I think you'll see him there. Um, I think there are some interchangeable parts there. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Austin Hayes' versatility. You know, he is a guy who can play center field, but he can also play both corner positions. That makes him pretty unique in this outfield competition because DJ Stewart can't say that. Uh, Cedric Mullins really can't say that. Well, he could probably pick it in, in all three spots. He really doesn't profile much as a corner outfielder because of the arm strength. So I think Austin Hayes' versatility um, allow, will allow the Orioles to play him and give him opportunities um, in some non-traditional ways. And I think at, at the end of the day, this is one of those things that kind of um, handles itself, right? Whoever plays best plays most. Um, and that's why you're going to see them compete throughout spring. Joe Trezza from MLB.com. He covers the Orioles. He joins us here on Inside the Yard, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. Let's talk pitching, Joe. Tomorrow, Matt Harvey will make his spring debut for Baltimore on Saturday night, a game you can hear on 105.7 The Fan. Felix Hernandez gets the ball for the first time in Grapefruit League play. What are what are the expectations? What should be the expectations for those two? Look, I, I think the Orioles want both of them to make the team and to provide innings and depth in the rotation. Um, I think that is um, the best case scenario for this Orioles team is that both of these veterans, you know, former stars have um, something left in the tank um, and, and that they show it this spring or at least a, a semblance of it this spring or a hint that it's still there and that you know one or both can tap into it uh, during the regular season provide innings um, provide some leadership provide some stability in a rotation that you know behind John, John Means is there are just a lot of question marks do you go from the question marks with the veterans but also um, with some of the young pitchers that the Orioles are excited about like Dean Kramer um, Keegan Aiken, these guys are going to be on work, workload restrictions. These guys are going to be on innings limits to some degree, and the Orioles are going to need innings to fill, and that's why I think you see Matt Harvey in camp. You see you see Felix Hernandez in camp, and if there is you know some upside left in these guys, then that's kind of just a cherry on top for the Orioles. 
Joe Adley Rutschman has gotten a play over these last couple of days. He caught Mickey Janice, the knuckleballer two days ago. And yesterday he got his first hit in the game against the Braves. Um, second major league spring training camp for him. What's been your impressions on what you've seen from Rutschman? So my first impression is that the Orioles are playing him more, right? Last year was a little more of like a um, get your feet wet kind of deal. Um, if, you know, just thinking back on it, the thing that stands out most were the batting practice shows that Adley Rutschman put on, on the backfields in BP, where he hit some baseballs across the street. I think he took out, you know, somebody's window <laughs> at, at some point out here in Sarasota, but you know, he really didn't play much last year in the games. He, he got in a few, a few uh, pinch hitting appearances and late game defensive uh, replacement appearances um, early in spring. And then was, was, was sent out, you know, with the first wave of cuts and this year, he's getting into games early on in Grapefruit League play. You know, the, the Orioles have to be pretty intentional this year about who they decide is going to play in each game. You know, we're, there are all these different rules this year because of COVID and with the safety restrictions. And teams are um, they're designating certain certain guys can be in the dugout because they're going to play that day. It's not just like, hey, if you know, there's a an extra inning uh, in, in one of these blowout games late, maybe, maybe we'll sneak him in that bat. Like that, that, that stuff doesn't happen this year. Things, these decisions are much more intentional. And so they've decided that Adley Rutschman was going to start the other day behind the plate. Uh, I'm sorry, he was, he was going to play half a game the other day behind the plate. And then he, he played the entire game on Wednesday, I believe, DHing against the Braves. Um, they want to see they want to see their number one prospect, at least early in game action, against some of these big league caliber guys. Um, and he faced Drew Smiley yesterday. Um, you know, these are valuable, um, valuable experiences for him. And um, for all, you know, for, for all the people we talk to about him, they, they, they're saying that he's handling things really well. Brandon Hyde has been really impressed with his uh, poise and maturity uh, behind the plate, especially. Um, and, you know, everybody was happy that he kind of got the monkey off his back yesterday with that first hit of great play because uh, the manager did say that he looked like uh, he was pressing a little bit, trying to, trying to maybe hit a five run homer in his first few at bats. Um, but look, all, all the reviews have been, have been overwhelmingly positive. And uh, the, the thing with Adley Rutschman is there's never been any questions about the talent or the upside or the ceiling. Um, it's really just been a question of he needs to play and he hasn't really played all that much since he's been drafted really to no fault of his own. And you know, he got a late start during that draft year, uh, played a little bit like 30 something games in the minor leagues. And then yes, last year was washed out due to the pandemic. So um, he needs reps and uh, the Orioles are getting him some reps early in spring training here. Um, and I think they're taking advantage of it. Yeah. Double off the wall in right center yesterday for Adley Rutschman in Northport against the Braves. Joe Trezza, we really appreciate it. Guys, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much. That is Joe Trezza covering the Orioles for MLB.com. Coming up next, we will talk to Orioles skipper Brandon Hyde here from Sarasota, Florida, as we continue on Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. The Junior Orioles Dugout Club is now Kids Cheer Free Plus, the all-new Orioles Kids Club for fans 14 and under. For just $30, each club membership receives free access to all Orioles home games, exclusive swag, a ticket voucher for four, free lower-level tickets, and more. Purchase your membership now at Orioles.com slash kids free plus brett hollander and jeff arnold back with you here in beautiful sarasota florida at ed smith stadium the orioles beat the boston red sox today six to three in a shortened six inning ball game and joining us right now is the orioles manager here on inside the yard brandon hyde brandon thank you so much for coming on hey guys thanks for having me on well let's start with uh, the two 
starting pitching candidates who got the ball today. Dean Kramer, kind of uneven in his in year two of work. And then Bruce Zimmerman, who really just breezed in his two. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, Dean started the game, just didn't quite have his good command today for his first outing, his first spring training outing and against another club. And uh, I just thought he was a little bit off. Um, fastball command was, wasn't there today. His breaking balls, he was uh, throwing them short quite a few times. But, um, you know, his fastball velo was up. Uh, I thought his spins were good. I just think that now it's about getting a little more relaxed, a little more comfortable, kind of throw that first outing out of the way and, and uh, go from here. Uh, but Zim was really impressive. But two really good innings, had great life to his fastball, uh, threw breaking balls for strikes and below the zone also for chases, got a bunch of punch outs. I think he punched out four in the two innings, uh, mostly on breaking balls underneath. But So he worked ahead of hitters and finished them off with a breaking ball underneath. He did a really nice job of pitching. Brandon, we said this on the air today. Do you, when you watch him for maybe up here, you can see some maybe similarities to John Means in terms of delivery and just kind of arsenal and, and stuff. Do you notice any of that from, from where you're watching the game from? Well, I think the fastball below, they have similar life to their fastballs. It's a, it's a low to mid-90s fastball that, that gets on hitters. Um, and I think it's kind of from the slot that they throw from. Uh, you know, John Means... That he's got that really good changeup. Zim's got a good changeup also. Um, you know, I think Zim's breaking ball, I know Johnny's been working a lot on, on both breaking balls the last couple of years, uh, and that's come a long way. And, and Zim's got a lot of confidence in his also. It's got similar shape. So uh, both those both these left-handers uh, with really good arms have nice pitch mixes, and, and now it's about really command of, the, command of the ball and working ahead of hitters. Orioles manager Brandon High with us here at Ed Smith Stadium on Inside the Yard. And Brandon, before we get to this outfield group, which has kind of come out and performed really well out of the gate here in Grapefruit League play, I want to talk about Cedric Mullins, who's been so impressive so far. He had another base hit today in RBI. He can beat you in so many ways. We saw the glove last year and what he was able to do, but becoming an exclusive left-handed hitter and how hard that is to do in many ways at this stage in his career, if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Cedric's been, has really swung the bat well since he's shown up at camp here. Um, we had a conversation about him, uh, multiple conversations about him just sticking to one side of the plate, a side that he's more comfortable with. Um, and so I'm trying to try to get as many left on left at bats as I can for him. I was happy to see a left-hander come in that third at bat and he punched out, but he had good swings and and was staying on the baseball. Just guy made a couple of good pitches to him. Uh, but I really like the foul ball back on a fastball kind of out over. Um, and he's had some couple good at-bats against left-handers before before today. Uh, but yeah, he's he's in a good place offensively. I really like how he's under control. I you know, I love when I love when Cedric uh, keeps the ball line drive, hard ground ball swing. Um, because he's got a ton of power. He just he catches the ball out in front of the up part of the swing. His ball's gonna going to go a long way to right field but today he sliced the ball into left center really nice piece of hitting um you know we got sim games going in the in the backfields also where he's been taking at bats that no, people can't see but taking really good at bats there too so uh, you know it's it, he's really swung the bat well at the start of camp and he's in a good spot right now brandon practically speaking how challenging is it to go from 
being a switch hitter to just hitting from one side of the plate because Mullins has, has made it look pretty easy so far. And I know he got a lot of reps in, in the off season, but how challenging is it for, for you'd say most of the guys that you've talked to who've decided to make the adjustment from hitting, you know, both sides of the plate to just one side of the plate. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a ton of experience with it. And most guys that I know switch hit kind of stick with it. Usually have a one side of the plate where they're better. Uh, but this is something that's been an ongoing conversation for, for a few years now. And I, I just want Sitter to be comfortable at the plate where he feels like he's going to get his, the best at bat, his best chance to, to do damage, to, to make things happen. And um, if there's any sort of doubt on one side of the plate, you know, obviously I want, I want to erase that. I want him to be comfortable at the plate. And he's just more comfortable left-handed and he feels really good left on left. He did a lot of work this winter uh, kind of simulating it as well as facing left-handed pitching. And he came into camp and saying, this is something I really want to do. Uh, I feel good from this side of the plate. I feel good against left-handed pitching. I'm going to go with it. Austin Hayes is joining us next segment, Brandon. What do you like about his game? He's off to a hot start, too. Great start. He's uh, had a great day yesterday, uh, obviously leaving the, ball, the ballpark, but, but uh, good swings, too. Uh, you know, when Austin, Austin's got so much talent and he's got his hands are so fast that when he stays within himself and stays in the middle of the field, he can really do some damage because he's got some serious power from, from the right field line over. Uh, he's just got a, a real handsy swing that he can set at times when he was struggling, he just gets a little too quick. But when he keeps that right center approach and trusts his hands in, ball jumps off his bat, he stays in the middle. It's what he's done so far this spring. Uh, and you know, produces a ton of line drives, a lot of hard contact. We're with Brandon Hyde, Orioles manager, Jeff Arnold, Brett Hollander on Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, Brandon, how do you balance the, the way Hayes plays, where he plays really hard and, and everybody appreciates that style of play, but there's also making sure you don't get hurt in the process when you're, you're going at it as hard as he does. How do, you, how do you balance staying on the field with still playing as hard as you can and, and doing it the way he does it? You know, it's just his game. It's just the way he plays. I think he's probably played this way since he's been seven years old. And that's a little bit of reckless abandon. He, he scares me at times in spring training because <laughs> I want to keep him on the field and I want him to be healthy, but he's just got a high motor, um, covers a lot of ground. He gets to the wall. So the wall is usually in play. Uh, he likes to leave his feet and make plays. So, it's hard to pull the reins back on somebody you, to pl that plays really hard. You want you want them to play hard. Uh, and you know, last year with the injury, that was just an unfortunate. That was a ball in the ribs. You know, it wasn't something that he ran into a wall or uh, it was it was a ball in the ribs that initially uh, you know did the did the damage to the rib that, that made him lose some time. But um, yeah, we love we need to keep Austin on the field. I'm gonna do, I do my best to try to. Uh, you know, I, don't want him, I don't want him to run in some situations like like when games don't matter, um, just because I, I, I like to keep him healthy as much as I possibly can. Brandon, before we talk some pitching, I think it's Maryland State law that we have to ask you about Adley Rutschman. And I know it's a very limited sample size this spring, but uh, you did mention maybe he was pressing a little bit yesterday in his first few at-bats in Northport against the Braves and hits a double off the wall in right center in his final yep. swing. When you think about the pressure he's under, I mean, he's in some rarefied company when it comes to prospect status. How hard is that for someone at his age uh, to handle? Well, I think the, 
you know, I've, I've been fortunate to be in the game for a while and been around some top prospect guys. And, and, and um, yeah, it's hard to put yourself in their shoes um, of how much pressure that maybe they put on themselves, but also possibly feel from the outside. This guy hasn't even finished an A-ball season and we're talking about him. Um, Sorry, everybody else that. is talking. No, no. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, it's, it comes with it. It comes with this, this is the big leagues, right? So it comes with the, comes with the territory. But that's just something that he's going to learn to handle. Um, I'm not really, I'm not worried about Adley's mental makeup. I, I think that the pressure that he feels, I'm sure it's because of the pressure he puts on himself. Um, he's a really bright kid. He's extremely driven. He's team first guy. Uh, he just wants to contribute. And when he does finally get here, and that's what I want him to be. I just want him to be himself. And I just want him to be a part of the club and contribute and let the natural ability take over. Rich Dubroff might love me forever by asking this question. Um, Mickey Janice, who is in camp with you guys as, as a knuckleball pitcher, he, he threw the other day to, to Adley Rutschman. And, and so many pitchers these days are these hard throwers, upper 90s, mid 90s, fastballs, high spin rate. Um, how do you go about judging somebody who is a knuckleball pitcher in regards to, to making this team? We had Janice and, and uh, Valdez through before him. So that's something you don't see much anymore is a guy that tops out in the mid eighties and then a knuckleball guy, the next, the next pitcher. Um, yeah, I just, it's, it, this is a game of power right now. And it's a game of, you watch these games, majority of guys are in nine, mid nineties handhold at the end of the game was throwing 97. Uh, <laughs> it's, I think that command has, has left us a little bit in this game. I think you're seeing a lot of power and, and, and command, you watch these games, there's a lot of rollover innings, et cetera, just because of uh, guys that are just trying to throw really, really hard. Um, so to see a guy like Valdez come in and do what he did, to see a guy like Mickey Janis that can still continue to get outs by moving the baseball around, make it move, make it dive, uh, that was my first time ever seeing him in a game. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it again, seeing how it works. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold here in Sarasota, Florida, inside the yard joined by Orioles manager, Brandon Hyde. And Brandon, last year we asked you our fun five baseball questions, so we won't ask those again, but we did add one this year. And your pitching coach actually had a good answer to this, so we'll wait and see what you have to say if you can top them. But a talent you have that outside baseball that no one else knows you possess, fans-wise. Talented player that we have that nobody... No, no, a talent you have. A talent you have. Well, that I have? Yeah. Oh, not many. Keegan Aiken couldn't come up with an answer, by the way. Oh, God. You really put me on the spot. Do you know what Chris Holt said? What did Holt say? He's a musician. Yeah. I was trying to think, am I a musician? No. Do I can do, can I do any tricks? No. You don't um, sing. I do not sing. No. Um, uh, no, I mean, I spend my Golf? off, I spend my off time golfing a lot. Uh, I spend my time hanging with my kids, my family, uh, just cause we don't have that much of it, but yeah, I mean, my, my free time is really, is really, uh, on the golf course quite a bit. You've had a few of your players said video games was a skill. Keegan yeah, not had for a hard me either, either. <laughs> not a video game guy. So boring. So boring. Yeah. Everybody, there's a lot more, there's a lot, a lot more people that are exciting, more exciting than I am. All right. We asked this also to Mike Elias recently. You have to give yourself a scouting report as a baseball player, high school and college. 
Myself? Yes. Okay, high school, I was 160 when I graduated. So 6'2", 160, catcher. Uh, I would say athletic behind the plate, average arm, probably at 45 power and a little raw. Um, and then in college, uh, I would say below average arm because I had a stress fracture in my elbow, um, 225. So I would, I would say 50, 55 power, really struggled with the slider. So I could receive, I would say average arm strength, but he's got this, the swing is geared toward a middle end thigh high fastball and you can do some damage on it, but anything moving away, he hits it right to the shortstop. It's a pretty honest answer, Brandon and I. We appreciate it. Michael Elias called himself a crafty left-hander <laughs> pitching at Yale. A crafty left-hander learned how to pitch. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate it, and uh, off to a good start this spring. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on. That is Brandon Hyde here on Inside the Yard. When we come back, we'll talk about someone he's very high on. You just heard it, Austin Hayes. He joins us next year on 105.7 The Fam. While the Oriole bird is practicing social distancing and wearing a mask, he's also doing virtual bird visits to help celebrate special occasions with fellow Orioles fans. Schedule the bird for your next virtual event. Appearances are just 125 bucks, and proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Learn more in book now at orioles.com slash bird. That's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander. This is Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. You can also download it at orioles.com slash podcast. The Orioles beat the Red Sox today here at Ed Smith Stadium, although Austin Hayes did not play today in that win. He is off to a great start in Grapefruit League play, and the Orioles outfielder joins us right now. Austin, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's start with your hot start. Uh, You've really been smoking it. Hit a home run yesterday in Northport against the Braves. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to get my fastball timing right now, stay balanced at the plate, and just get some good pitches to hit and, uh, and put good swings on them. And I've been able to do that so far. So uh, just try to continue with that through the rest of spring training. Your dad got the ball and was able to give it to Levi, who I think is with you right now. Um, did you ever hear if, did your dad actually catch it or did somebody give it to him? And how did you get any more details about that? No, I, uh, he is on a fishing trip right now. He was actually on his way to, uh, to Chocoloski to go, uh, fishing for some reds and snook down there on the Everglades. But he was on his way and he's like, Hey man, I think I'm going to go to the game. So I found out right before that he was going to be at the game. And obviously I couldn't get him tickets because of the way everything is uh, set up this year. Um, Just, you got to be able to do stuff in advance. There's no more last, last second stuff. So um, he had just said, Hey, I'll be out in the outfield somewhere. Um, and then my wife and, and Levi were sitting behind home plate. So that's really all I knew. And then after the game, he sent me a video of the fire rescue walking the ball to Sam and her like, no, it's okay, guys. It's okay. And they're like, no, we're bringing you the, the ball. So, um, yeah, I had, I had no idea. I, I haven't talked to him because he's been fishing. And that is Levi's first baseball game, correct? Yesterday and you hit a homer? Yeah. Yep, yesterday was his uh, was his first game, so he might be my new lucky charm. Now, I had a couple of children. I didn't get better at anything, to be honest with you, after the fact. I don't think I was even a better broadcaster after the fact. Maybe a more tired one, but they do call it dad strength. Is that what you're feeling this spring so far? 
Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a real thing. It's too early to tell, though, but we'll see as the year starts to progress. So who is better at the diaper changes, you or Sam? Uh, I think early on I was a little bit better, but uh, she's starting to take over with the experience uh, now that I'm, you know, going to the field for longer hours out of the day and she's with him more. So I think she has surpassed me with the diaper changing abilities. Levi's already pretty talkative. How old is Levi? Uh, he's a little over two months. Talking early, I think we'll have uh, maybe by the end of baseball season. Uh, go, going to baseball, uh, obviously you, you started last season as a center fielder. That's primarily what you've been in your professional career. But there's a lot of outfielders right now. Do you have a preference if it's center left or even right? No, I've said this before. If my name is on the lineup card, I don't care where they put me. Uh, I just want to be out there helping the team win and playing in the big league. So uh, I'm comfortable in all three positions. I think I can play a great uh, center field, left field, or right field. It doesn't matter. So whatever gets my name on the lineup card is, uh, is where I'll go play. How much do you think the competition in camp with Mullins, Stewart, how much better has it made you as a player? I think it, it has our entire careers. We've always had really good outfielders in this organization since, since I've been drafted. Um, that's, I think, well, probably our strongest area uh, since 2016 is uh, our outfielders in the minor league. So now that um, a lot of those top prospects from those years in the past and coming up through the minor leagues are all in big league spring training and have some service time now and we're all just you know, trying to find our place in the big leagues. It's, uh, it's awesome. You know, that's all you could ever ask for is to have a really good minor league uh, system where you start calling guys up. Austin Hayes with us here inside the yard at Ed Smith stadium in Sarasota, Florida and Austin. Yeah. You guys are all here, but you're all playing really well right now. I mean, that's the thing. You guys have all been highly touted prospects in, in one way or another, but it seems like you guys are all peaking at the same time and, and it could lead to some tough decisions at the end of camp or just for playing time in the regular season. Does that make it uncomfortable in any way between the group or not at all? No, uh, the only person that's uncomfortable is going to be the, the people that have to make those decisions when you got a, a lot of guys that are playing well, but you know, we have fun playing the game and we just go out and, and we do our best and we're all playing well right now. And hopefully everybody continues to play well and we just make those decisions that much harder for, uh, for everybody up top. I know one point of emphasis for you has been just making sure you stay on the field. You play extremely hard, and I know your pitchers love that, and I know for all of us it's it's really fun to watch. How do you balance, you know, playing the way you play but also making sure you're able to stay on the field too? Yeah, I think uh, really the only time that the way I play the game has, has gotten me hurt was um, – after I had got sent down to the minor leagues in 2019 and I dislocated my thumb sliding, but if I would have been wearing a sliding guard, that wouldn't have been an issue. So I really don't see a problem with the way I play. And I've never, besides that one freak injury, uh, I haven't had any other injuries um, because of the way I play. I got hit in the ribs. I had the ankle issue where I had cartilage that broke down. It just, you know, that's a freak thing that can't be prevented. So, I don't see there to be a reason for me to change the way I play the game. Um, and it's got me to, to where I am so far. Austin Hayes with us right now inside the yard. Brandon Hyde was just on with us, and he was talking about how quick your hands are and what it looks like when you are right. You're thinking right center field and you're reacting more 
inside. When you're right, how does it feel? And we've seen that the last two Septembers. You've obviously done that before in the minor leagues. Uh, but what, when Austin Hayes is right in your mind, what does it look like? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a guy that I have enough strength to where I can hit for power, but I definitely wouldn't consider myself to be a power hitter. Uh, I'm a guy that can hit a ball to, to all fields. I can hit the fastball extremely well. And the biggest area that I needed to work on was my plate discipline. And I've always been an aggressive hitter, so learning to be – uh, a smarter hitter, but not losing that aggression was something that was really difficult for me the last couple of years. But I think I found that happy medium of I'm always ready to hit, but I'm not just going up there and swinging at every pitch that's thrown at me the way I was um, kind of my younger years in the minor leagues. Austin, a lot of people are excited about some of the pitching talent that is coming up through the system and, and your buddies with Mike Bauman, you two went to college together can you kind of walk me through what it's been like to watch his progression from the minor leagues, the point where he is now where he's, he's knocking on the door of the major leagues. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mike's another one of those guys that's right there and they've done such a good job with drafting and, and starting to fill our minor leagues with some really, really good arms. And there's a lot of guys that are in that position that are, they're knocking on the door right now. And Mike's one of them. And uh, it's just so great to see. I got to play two years with him in college and, uh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to see him pitch, but one time um, in, uh, in double A when I was rehabbing uh, two years ago. So uh, when he finally does get called up and, you know, we get to share a, a big league locker room and a big league field and I get to play defense behind him again, I'm going to be really excited. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold here on inside the yard on 105.7 The Fan. And now we call it, Austin, our fun five baseball questions. Are you ready? Shoot. Favorite baseball movie? Uh, Major League, the first one. What was your high school senior year batting average? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I think it was like 400, maybe a little bit less, maybe like 380 or something. How many bombs? Zero. Wow. Those were, those were when those uh, they changed the bats, so they hadn't quite figured those things out yet, but they were – we went from the Beezer, and that thing was so juiced to the, <laughs> the first BB core bats. They were trying to figure those things out. But and, I was also like 160 pounds, too. So I didn't, and just a few years later, fun. what, 32 home runs in the minor leagues. Most yeah. influential baseball person in your life? Uh, I would definitely say it was my grandfather when I was growing up. Um, both my parents worked a lot, so I spent a lot of time with him. My grandparents lived across the street, and he loved baseball growing up, and he would never force me to do anything, but every single day when I would get home from school, we would just hit five gallon buckets of wiffle balls all day, every day. And uh, he would drive me to a lot of my little league games when I was younger, before I started playing travel ball and my early years of just really starting to, you know, figure out what it was like to hit and swing and stuff like that. He was a, a tremendous a part of that. And uh, I still hold those memories very close to me. Favorite minor league city to play in or visit? Ooh, uh, I think Charlotte would probably be uh, my favorite place I've been to so far, just right in the city. And you have kind of those big sky rise buildings in the background. That place is awesome. Charlotte's definitely the clubhouse leader among your teammates. That's interesting. Name, yeah, one, talent, sweet. name one talent you have outside of baseball. Name one talent I have outside of baseball. Yep. One talent. Um, what would Mrs. Hayes say? 
Uh, she would probably say I'm pretty talented at I'm OCD, so I'm talented at keeping the house really clean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's relatable. That's a good answer. Austin Hayes, uh, well done. We appreciate it so much. Best of luck and best of health this season. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Great stuff there from Austin Hayes and, and Jeff. I don't think it can be said enough that it is shaping up to be a really interesting situation for Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde in the outfield. And you just consider the people that you expect to be there at the very start of the season, you know, with Hayes, Mullins, Mountcastle, Santander, DJ Stewart, Usniel Diaz are trying to get him some more at-bats. So we've seen some moments from him that have been good. You know, he's also trying to get back into the flow after not having a minor league season last year. We've heard from Ryan McKenna, too. So there are a lot of options, and you heard Austin say it. He's trying to make Mike Elias' life as difficult as possible, and so far that has been the uh, the hot group to look at in camp. I think we're all just very curious, and you heard the enthusiasm that was earnest from Brandon Hyde today talking about Austin Hayes, but just the idea of him playing in a healthy 145 to 150 games, I'm, I'm just very curious what that looks like for Austin Hayes because he's so talented. You could call him Mr. September because all his productivity has, has come from there. He had another great year, and considering the start that he got off to, uh, at the very beginning of 2020, before he had that injury where he got hit in the ribs. Um, and he came back and performed extremely well, and, and he did extremely well against some really tough teams. I mean, the Orioles, when, when he returned, went up against a, a number of, of playoff clubs. So if he can find a way to be on the field all the time, he can move around. He's got a good arm. He can put him in left, center, right. Uh, he could hit out a leadoff spot. He could hit down in the order. There, there are a number of things that you can do with him. And I think it's also been encouraging um, the way that he's been working on swinging it better against left-handed pitching because that's something that the Orioles could use out of their outfield group. Well, that does it for our broadcast day here in Sarasota, Florida. It included a 6-3 to Orioles win here at Ed Smith Stadium over the Boston Red Sox. The Orioles will play the Blue Jays tomorrow in Dunedin. Matt Harvey will make a springtime debut for Baltimore. Our next broadcast coming up on Saturday, a 6 o'clock game here at Ed Smith Stadium against the Tigers. And Felix Hernandez will make his Grapefruit League debut for the Orioles. Join us then. We look forward to that game. Our next Inside the Yard broadcast will be next Thursday at 6 o'clock. But in the meantime, catch up on old episodes at Orioles.com slash podcast or wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you so much for to Kevin Reed for his great work today for the game. And for Inside the Yard, for Jeff Arnold, I'm Brent Hollander saying thank you so much for being with us. So long from Sarasota, Florida on 105.7 The Fan.